This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is sponsored by Allbirds. I've been an Allbirds customer for years because their shoes look great, they're super comfortable, and they make shoes and clothes that are better for you and better for the planet by using revolutionary premium natural materials. As a runner, I'm also looking for a shoe that feels and fits great out on a run. And so I'm pumped to tell you about the Allbirds Tree Flyer. I have a pair and they are great. The Tree Flyer is lightweight, super springy and wildly comfortable making your running efforts of all shapes and sizes feel surprisingly effortless. They provide unbelievable cushion and comfort so even your toughest runs are easier on your body. I noticed from step one when I put these on they just felt great and that's thanks to the Swift Foam midsole. It's lightweight and big on cushion and energy return. I recommend these shoes because I wear these shoes. I have the orange ones Plus, they have loads of other great stuff, too. And they're hooking you up with a free pair of Allbirds socks on your next order of 50 bucks or more. Just use the promo code PICKUPTHESOCKS. Pretty good, right? Pick up the socks at allbirds.com on your next order of 50 or more, and you're getting a free pair of socks from those guys. Lace up the tree flyer and get running today at allbirds.com. That's allbirds.com. We first met Nick Lavery on episode 20. It's hard to believe of Pick Up the Six podcast. We call that episode Back in the Fight. Nick shared all about the day that his life changed forever in 2013 when on his second combat rotation in Afghanistan, he and his unit were attacked by an Afghan insider. Ultimately, it cost Nick his leg. He's back, and he has a book out called Objective Secure. He's got a goal to help people crush it and crush their goals, so let's get after it. Nick, it's crazy, man. It was 4 May 21 we had that first conversation. Here we are. We're almost towards the end of July 2022. Bro, it's good to see you again, man. Yeah, man. Likewise, Brian. How how you do? I said I asked you how you doing, but I, I think I already know the answer. Um, even just from an outsider and a fan perspective, watching how Pick Up the Six has grown in the last twelve months, man. Congratulations, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fan base is clearly there. The value is there, and I got to tell you, your skill set is developing. You've become quite the the interviewer and the podcaster, man. So congrats. I know that doesn't come easy, man. So congratulations. It's great to get back on and catch up a little bit. I'll try not to shit down my leg then <laughs> this episode. I'm grateful for you. You know, you think back to some of those first stories that we wanted to tell with intentionality and it's not by coincidence, right? Cause I'm not a big believer in coincidence. I believe it's the big man upstairs taking action and choosing to remain anonymous about the results that got us together. Friend Brad borders brings us together. Right. And then this thing just continues to blossom out. We are eternally grateful for those that have been listening for over a year and a half and, and continue to do. And I'll tell you, I'm doing great because this might, uh, put the kibosh on the episode up 17 games, the Yanks on the Red Sox in the East up 12 on the Blue Jets. I mean, <laughs> I mean, not to bring up a sore subject, but I feel pretty uh, good, man. Yeah, I bet you are. You know what? It's there's plenty of time. All right. So let's listen, the Red Sox have their easy. number though. They got their number. All right. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. It's, it's looking kind of ugly, but you know, I don't know. We'll see what we can do. My man, it has been an action-packed year. Before we hit record, I said, hey, you've been busy. And you were like, yeah, but that's good because you can be busy not doing a whole lot of anything. And in the nine to five for you, still active duty in the military keeps you extremely busy. And then just the passion of going out there and, and continuing to not only build your own machine, right? Training hard, staying ready, 
staying ready for the fight, but to also help unlock some of that in other people. And I know that's part of your mission behind this book, Objective Secure. But first, before we talk about the book, man, just what's life been like over the last year since we last got to hear from you? Yeah, man, it's 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 been great. The short answer has been great. The family is is thriving. You know, we introduced uh, our youngest into this world 16 months ago. Beautiful, which is wild. So now my wife and I are the proud parents, two young savage boys. <laughs> uh, oldest is five, youngest 16 months. They're um, never in shirts. They're constantly on the move. That's it. Yeah, yep. they just want to get dirty and be yep. outside and find new creative ways to hurt themselves, which is great. You know, so it's great. We, you know, we, 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 we built a new house back in October. We moved in. So, you know, some life changing is happening. My wife, who's also active duty, she got back from her, her most recent deployment, which will ultimately be her last because she's going to start retiring here um, in the next few months. And, um, and myself, at least professionally, just in the last three weeks, maybe four weeks, I've I've transitioned into my into my new job, man. And I'm not sure if you were tracking this, Brian, but no, lay it on me. My uh, my team my team guy time has has officially come to a close, sure. which you know is bittersweet, I guess to say to say it uh, simply. Uh, it took me a few months, man, to just kind of work through that mentally because yeah. You know, it's all it's all I wanted to do. Like that's why I came into this industry, and I had a great run. You know, I, w- I was at it 15 years, experienced a lot, um, got to check a lot of boxes. But you know, the reality is, is no matter how many appendages you have, right? You, you know, you can only do that job for so long. It does yeah. it does take a toll physically, mentally, and on the home front. So it, it was the right time for me to to kind of move on to the next evolution of my career which I've been doing now about a month and, you know, I'm in a great place. I really do love what I do now, which if you asked me that question six, eight months ago, I'd probably tell you that I'd be miserable, Yeah, but I'm actually not. There's a lot of fulfillment. So family's great. Things, things on my actual nine to five are great. And then on, you know, kind of the, the passion project side hustle stuff, those, those initiatives, it's, it's really taken off, man. Um, faster than I, I'm able to keep up with, which, you know, is a good problem to have. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the book that was kind of our first major stake in the ground and the, and the fallout from that has truly been tremendous. I'd, I'd love your perspective. Cause I've, I've got to think that uh, you probably have a, a similar perspective as a guy that's rolling off of teamwork, but maybe unique because it was so close to being taken away from you nine years ago, right? You're laying on the battlefield you think you're probably going to die. You lose your leg in that moment. You've got to physically, mentally, and emotionally, spiritually battle back to then go back into the fight to get another, you get a second crack at it. You get to then do it for another handful of years. So it it, it probably just adds to that feeling of, man, this is, I mean, like I fought for everything to get back to this, but father time marches on. Yeah, it, it it does, man. And uh, and you know when when you're in lo- in love with an industry and a profession as much as I am, that's really what it you know enabled me to do it. Right at the at the core was just the love of the game and I and identifying with the purpose behind it. That's really what it kind of boiled down to. That allowed me to get over all the challenges and all the, all the setbacks and you know the failures and the fear and the, and the pain. Um, and I, you know, I had a great run on, you know, no pun intended on, on two legs. And I had an even longer run 
operationally on one, you know, which is kind of crazy. And, you know, you mentioned it now, and I'll just tell you briefly, Brian, when my team and I got back from our, our most recent trip uh, over within CENTCOM last year, mid to late 21, you know, the, the mileage was there. It was really obvious that I was becoming, or at least I was fearful of becoming a liability to my team. Mm, and I've always yeah. said, you know, I will do this job as long as I can because I love it. But the truth is I was going to do that job for as long as I was an asset to the guys to my left and right. And I just believe that even the second that that inkling starts to come in that, hey, man, are you really supposed to still be here doing this? Just the fact that that thought was crossing my mind forced me to have some conversations with my doctors, with my orthopedic surgeon, with my physical therapist and be like, Hey man, like this is what I'm dealing with right now. And they all asked me the same question independently was how much longer are you going to keep doing this? Because if you keep going down this road, you keep living this lifestyle, you're going to need both your hips replaced. You're going to need your knee replaced. Like your, your ability to maintain this machine uh, and, and operate at that tempo is, is just becoming more than you're able to, to manage. Um, so, you know, like I said, Brian, it, it was a great run yeah. and I had a great time doing it. And, you know, this next evolution now, it's actually something that um, I'm eager to continue to sink my teeth into and, and just serve at just a different capacity, man. Do you have to intentionally, uh, you talked about purpose, right? You talked about being able to do something you love and finding purpose in that. I'm, I'm a firm believer that it's not your strength that holds you to your purpose. You're one of the strongest guys I know, physically strong but it's the strength of the purpose itself, right? Mm -hmm. You could be the strongest individual, but unless that purpose is strong, you can't hold on to it. So where do you come down on setting side time for intentional thoughts of purposefulness, especially as you're going through a transition into a new sort of evolution, as you call it? Yeah. Oh man. I love this. You know, I, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and, and we kind of targeted kind of the young, the younger demographic, uh, you know, 19, 20, 21, maybe even early as 12. And, and something that it took me a really long time to recognize the value in, which is why I try to stress it to, to the younger generation, is the establishment of that internal dialogue mm, as yeah. early as possible, knowing that it's difficult to do, knowing that it might feel awkward, um, and also knowing that you're probably not going to hear anything back from yourself. <laughs> Early on, yeah, you know, and certainly not a blunt punch to the face, right? But the earlier we can begin having that internal dialogue and that degree of self-awareness and just commit to it with consistency, and that, I think, is a critical aspect of figuring out exactly what it is we're here yeah. to do, man. Like, yeah. this isn't a dress rehearsal. We got one shot at this thing. Like, why am I here? And I've, I know people who are in their 40s and 50s that are asking themselves those questions now, which is great. Like, sure. it's never too late. But I, you know, I challenge the younger demographic to begin having that conversation now um, so that you begin to develop that relationship with yourself over time. And you were able to just be that much more honest with what we really want to do and who we really want to be and what is my actual current situation that I'm operating within. Yeah. Not what I'm trying to project on social media, yeah. not what I'm trying to appease my coaches and my parents or my spouse. Forget all that for a second. 
forget all the external pressures that come with being a member of society in today's world where that stuff is just coming in and going constantly like stop, like detach, look yourself in the mirror, sit in a coal or a a comfortable dock room and just begin that internal dialogue, Mm. which is something that I really didn't do for myself until kind of later in life. But once I did, it became very apparent to me that even though initially my, my, my idea was to come into military service, get some payback for 9-11, learn some skills, and then get out and move on to the next thing, I found my purpose within this lifestyle. And, yeah. and I know with now certainty that I was put on this earth to, to, as a warrior to pledge an allegiance to a society in which I will defend and serve. And I, it, it took me into my 30s to really capture that. Um, because I didn't start that process early. So I challenge those that are younger. Yes, really just anybody. If you don't find yourself doing that consistently, I challenge you to begin. And the one tool that I would recommend using to enable that is journaling is writing. And Brian, I gotta, I gotta hit this quick because especially for us alphas, you know, us warriors, us that whether you're in a profession of such, or you identify as such, or you live a lifestyle of such, you know, it's very easily easy for those of us in this lifestyle to look at journaling as this kind of weak task or this weak hobby, you know, like a badass dude is going to go home and write in his right. diary. I'm going to write down you know? my feelings. And yeah. Yeah, man. It, and, and I understand that, you know, and sure. I, I understand why that, that that is perceived that way. But I challenge, you know, the baddest dudes on the planet, the baddest people on the planet. Hey, man, just do it once. Just take 10 minutes and just write down. Get a freaking legal pad. Get whatever you got. That's it. Yeah. Jot jot it down. And, you know, I'm willing to bet, or at least I'll I'll, I'll play the odds, that not only will you get some kind of therapeutic value out of it, which I do, but more so for me is just having that somewhat objective but analytical data to use as I'm analyzing what am I doing, how am I feeling, where am I stalling, where are my gaps, why am I not progressing as well as I'd like to, you have a resource to leverage. So I, again, I challenge, I challenge those, especially those alpha warriors. Hey man, give it a shot. And I'm willing to guarantee you're going to get some value out of it. You know, I'm also a firm believer that we can only hold ourselves so accountable. I'm a believer in proximity. I think we need proximity to other people who are aligned with us missionally that are moving in the same direction to to really keep eyes on us. But Mm -hmm. When you do, when you take intentionality and you write those things down, it is a way for you to be able to see and measure the things in which you're working through. Plus, by the way, guys, if you're a super alpha, they make all these badass journals that are made of leather that smell like bourbon and tobacco. Like you can yeah. still be cool yeah. and do it you at can. the same time, right? Yeah. Said another thing in there too, about sort of finding that purpose. Look, I'm 41 years old. It took me till I was about 38 to be able to say with confidence, God put me on this earth to connect people to something bigger than themselves. And when I, when I took time to look at what have you always been good at doing in your life, right? There was always a mode of me in some form connecting people to something else. It's the reason, one of the reasons why we launched this platform here to be able to connect something, people to something bigger than themselves, right? And that's, and so, so I think you've got to be willing to sort of take some time. And sometimes it just takes time and don't get yourself all stressed out about, oh my God, I don't know what my life mission is. I don't know how to write it. Just do what Nick just said. Take a pad. Give yourself 30 minutes. This weekend, I'm clearing 30 minutes, just me. And just write down things that you do, where you think you're in your sweet spot, where you're doing what you were born to do for those who you were born to serve. 
Yeah, at right. D2X. That's well said. Right? Absolutely. So that? Hey, uh, I listened to the beginning of it. Sean Ryan show. I mean, he's super intense. Yeah. When he intros you on the pod. How was that conversation? Yeah, dude, that was, it, it was a lot of fun. And ironically, Sean and I had crossed paths back in Afghanistan over 10 years ago, back wow. in 2011, um, when he was working uh, for the agency. And I, it was actually my first deployment as, a, as an SF guy, or my first deployment period. And then just to come kind of full circle, you know, over a decade later, you know, he's out and he's doing this whole platform, which is exploding. And yep. so it, it was, it was really cool to kind of do that. And then I've been a fan of his work for a while and, uh, but it was tiring, man. You know, we, we ended up being four and a half hours of, of content. We were in his studio for just under seven. Jeez. And by the time we got done, yeah, we were both, we were both smoked, smoked, smoked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were completely smoked. And dude, I, I as as a fan of his show and his platform, I assumed that there was a whole crew that was there, like facilitating this thing. Yeah, right. But it's literally just him. It, you know, he's got his own studio and it's really nice, but he runs all the cameras, all the mics, wow. all the lighting, all the angles. And he I'm doesn't like, even have a team? he doesn't even have a Jamie like Rogan does, right? Like at least Rogan's got a guy that nothing. nothing. I love you know, it. Yeah, like, but I fucking it, love it. Of course. Like get cool. after it, dude. Just do your thing. It was cool. And just, you know, just like very similar to what you just said, you know, finding kind of what that, what that purpose is yeah. late in life, which I think yeah. is really common um, more often than not. Sean, you know, Navy SEAL, GRS did a lot of the cool guy stuff at the time when there was a lot of cool mm -hmm. guy stuff to do. It wasn't until he was way later in life that he just picked up a camera and started messing around with it and said, you know, I think I want to kind of get into journalism and, yeah. and creating media content. And he found that not only does he have an actual inherent talent for it, but that is really what drove his ability to learn the skills behind all the technical stuff and how to bring it to market and how to do all that stuff. And but, so that happens to him late in life and similar to what you just talked about, man. So it's never too late. Sean, great dude. Great time spending some time together. He invited me to his home. We had dinner, met his family. Um, those of, that haven't yeah. seen it, sure, check out my episode, but just it's a great platform to – to get some information off of. I'm so excited for the way that this media landscape is changing and becoming more of an open territory where guys like him or even the Jockos of the world, or even my friend, Eddie Penny, he's got a new book out called unafraid, right? Eddie was a team six guy and he doesn't flaunt that a lot because he's a humble guy. Um, but there, I just, I'm thrilled for the way in which you guys are able to continue to tell these stories. And then also, Look at this 2.0 of your sort of post team, post FS, FSF mm. careers and, and, and continue to share valuable lessons learned. Cause I think there's a lot that's in there. And I don't know if we necessarily got that level of it from, from years past. And maybe it's the way that media has opened up and these platforms have been created and available where you can continue to share these stories and have these conversations because there's a lot of applicable stuff that whether you served in gnarly combat or if you're heading mm -hmm. into a boardroom tomorrow, there's lessons that I think you can, you can take and they can, people can hear from you guys and, and they can also just appreciate everything you've done too, which I think is a cool thing. Yeah, man. And, and not only, you know, obviously the, the technical aspect of these platforms being available with, you know, all the different socials and just the internet in general and YouTube, right? So it, anyone can, can pick up, a device and get stuff out there to That's the right. world, right? right? I mean, anyone right. nowadays can do that. So certainly the involvement of technology has enabled that. 
but particularly within you know the special operations community and those those of us that have a lifestyle of, of that kind of quiet professional mentality that that really struggle with you know is it okay for me to go out there sure. and, and be yeah, vulnerable yeah. and share this stuff or or am I violating this code that I signed up for of you know pure and total anonymity for life and I think that you're seeing now that sl- that snowball effect where those that have worked you know in tiered elements or in any of the other mm-hmm. soft units that are willing to take that risk and also take the negative response to that from those in the community or outside of, which is inevitable, being willing to take that on for the greater good of what that value can, what you can provide in terms of value yeah. to the, to the world across all sectors. I think it becomes a little bit more available and people are more open to doing mm. it uh, because, you know, the last 20 years, man, and you, you know, this, right? Like so many valuable lessons were learned, you know, in combat or outside that just within the conflict that we've been a part of for, for 20 years post 9-11, it would be truly a shame for all of that to yeah. just die with the individual, right? Like, just think about how many, how many lessons were learned, not just in terms of trigger pulling and blowing things up, but leadership, strategy, tactics, mindset, just discipline. I mean, across all character trait sectors, for those to remain bottled up indefinitely would be just an absolute catastrophe and a real shame. So I'm really proud to see guys like Sean and others that are able to willing to get out there and do that. And for me personally, those guys have helped me navigate through that same space because I'm going through it myself. So seeing that trickle effect and that snowball effect um, is, is enabling, but I think it's, it's going to, it's going to pave the way for greater value you know, just, you know, to, to our overall society and communities. I think the key to it, and I can only speak to this from an outsider looking in, but you've got a much closer relationship to it is for that next generation of warrior, the young warrior that now grows up seeing the older warrior uh, kind of celebrity is not a right word to use, but it's the closest word I can come up with, mm-hmm. right? Be elevated on the platform. I think you yeah. are going to have to have some intentionality and leaning into, look, you better not be joining the teams to get famous. That's not what this is about. It's a great but, point. But with guys like you and guys like Sean and other guys in that space, right? That's how the that's how this leadership thing works. I mean, that's how you hand this thing down to yeah. ensure that you still got virtuous leaders coming through that that uh, that can that can continue to give it away. Like I think that's what you guys are doing. I think that's the idea behind the book, right? So tell me a little bit about Objective Secure. Right? You talk about you have twenty years of experience. You got all these things you've seen and done. You want to help people leverage their skill set, unlock what they're doing in their life to be able to go out and set goals and crush goals. So tell me about writing it. Just tell me all about that whole process. I know it came out where it's been out for a few months, but just tell us about how all that takes shape and and what you're hoping folks get out of. Yeah. And I'll stop right by saying the the most consistent negative feedback I've received, I've received, which is important for me. That's how we get Mm. better. Right. It's like a a good, a good AAR is not focused on the things we did. Right. It's focused on the things that we messed up. That's right. So I, I, I welcome that. Um, And really I'll, I'll say the only to this point negative, but I've received it a few times is people want the autobiography. You know, people Mm. want more of my story. Sure. That is intentionally not within objective secure. So I tell this pretty early and often is if you're looking for the Nick Lavery story or the autobiography, uh, the objective secure is not what this project is. 
what 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 objective secure is began when post 2015 my first deployment as an amputee that was kind of my initiation into gradually moving into the public space kicking and screaming a little bit had some mm-hmm. generals that made me do some things um gradually got more and more comfortable just like we just talked about right i really struggled with that and i still yeah. do a little bit today social media i'm putting some stuff out there and then the waves of questions are coming in right how did you do what you did how did you do what you did was most often what i was being asked and i'm answering people one at a time boom 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 well after a year or two of doing that i just decided i was going to put the answer to that question in a microsoft word document you're like yeah i got a lot of content here (laughs) yeah i mean purely for efficiency brian purely for my own efficiency so when this question comes in I can just copy, paste, and send. And not only are you getting a faster response, I'm able to work through my process faster. But by creating that, I actually gave it a lot more thought than I had prior to that point in time. Yeah. I sat back going, yeah. you know, how did I do what I did? I really haven't like deeply reflected on that. So I broke open my journals. I broke open my training logs. I started matching up kind of what I was doing at what time. What was I feeling? What was I thinking? How was I training? How was I eating? Right. And I just blended all that together into what ended up being maybe a nine page Microsoft Word document. Nothing fancy, just an outline, like step one, step two, step three, or phase one through phase 10. That was it. And I used it that way for a couple of years. And it was successful, right? People were getting what they needed. I was able to do it faster and more efficient. Everybody won. Well, come mid or early to mid 2020 i'm in dive school down in key west i'm getting my ass kicked and a good buddy of mine reaches out we've been best friends over 20 years played football together in college he hits me up and i got maybe two weeks left of dive school and i'm a ragged mess brian right i mean they've been killed they've just been killing you just been just yeah i just absolutely getting my ass kicked hanging on by a thread the entire time and he, he hits me up and says you know basically nick I, I want to talk to you about something. I think you need to write a book. And I'm like, dude, get out of here. I'm in no position to even have this conversation with you. Let's talk later. Sure enough, we circle back a few weeks later and he, he presents it to me again. I said, no, man, I think that you need to seriously consider this. So purely out of respect to him, as one of my best friends over two decades, I said, sure, Eric, I'll think about it. And I did. And now keep in mind, this is June, uh, July of 2020. COVID crazy. We're teleworking, even in the military, yeah. which is yeah. weird, but we got limited hours in the office, limited hours in the team rooms. I got a lot of extra time and energy on my hands that I otherwise wouldn't have had. So I have that to leverage. And I don't typically do well with idle time. So I'm like, okay, you know what? And get back on the phone with E. I said, dude, I got this Microsoft Word document. It's about nine pages long. Here's how I've been using it. He's like, I love it. Keep keep going. Add to it. Just add a little bit to it. You know, don't no set plan, no set outline. Just yeah. just keep writing. You know, you're already journaling every day. You're writing in your training log. Just throw those, that stuff at this project. Let's just see what happens. I said, okay, yeah, fine, fair enough. Brian, I'm not kidding you, man. It didn't take more than two weeks, and this became my obsession. And it turns out, again, finding out late in life that you have a a, a passion for something. This happened with me. Just a couple of years ago, and I'm 39 years old. I'm going to be 40 next month. Late in life, I realized I actually enjoy writing, which to this day saying out loud feels and sounds weird to me, but it was true. I caught the bug. 
I found myself getting up at three o'clock in the morning and I just had to get up and write. Mm. So I got dialed in and I'm doing, you know, five, 600 words a day. Now it's June, August, or you're July, basically, August Are you taking what's friend. in the nine page and you're just, now we're just adding, right? Now you're really fleshing it out. Right? Yeah, I'm Instead adding scale, more. Right, and you're just starting to build it out. Yep. So I'm adding more analysis mm-hmm. into what was already there. And then now I'm adding in personal examples of what was I going through in time and space when I realized that this particular principle was important or how I leveraged this principle or this tenant to my advantage, because this is what I was experiencing, right? So kind of tying in personal experience with kind of general recommendations and guidance. And I just kind of kept adding to it. I had a deployment scheduled for December of 2020. So I gave myself that as my backstop, which left me with just about four months of time. And I said, okay, I'm going to go at this thing from now until then, and then I'll reassess and see where things are at. I mean, fast forward to late November, and I'm sitting on like 70,000 words, and I at least have the contents of of a book, right? So we can talk more about how that became from a Word doc to uh, like a three-dimensional thing, but I just use that story, kind of the genesis of of the project to just exemplify and really put an exclamation point on what it is today is still very much the exact same intent that it was four years ago when I wrote a nine-page Word doc. It's a guide. It's a tool. It's a philosophy. It's a methodology focused on achieving goals through overcoming adversity through the lens of what I experienced and went through mm. from being at a position where I really should have died to getting back to operational status, getting back to the team's and then continuing to do what I had done from, from that point up until, you know, until I wrote the book, man. I, I, I love the way, so it's not like I'm going to sit down and write a book. It's just because you had spe- set the time aside, right. To, to log those things. Like you said, man, the journal, like it, it becomes its thing. It grows into itself uh, mm-hmm. because of what's happened. That's such a neat way. Uh, and I, I think a rather unique way we've talked to other authors some have set out with, all right, we're going to write a book. It's going to be about all these different things. We're going to do boom, boom, boom. You're sort of just organically kind of happen. And thank God your friend kind of comes into your life and says, I think we got something here and you should do something more with this. It's crazy the way that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's wild. I mean, you're literally talking about a couple of dudes from Boston who grew up together. Smashed heads like together. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, making a lot of really horrible decisions in our 20s. And, you know, Fast forward 20 plus years, you come together and now there's like something with some like real tangible value that can do well. I say this humbly, you know, to to our society and and to our community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, although I really enjoyed writing, man, it didn't come without the need for for a high level of of discipline and dedication. Because, you know, come late 2020, September, October, things started to open up a little bit for us. We're back to kind of full capacity but I, I knew I needed to finish this thing. So I had to find ways where I could slice out things that didn't need to be within my day-to-day lifestyle. And the, the one, the, the major thing I leveraged was, uh, was football, man. You know, I'm a big Pats fan. I grew That's up playing a big football. chunk of time on a Sunday afternoon. Dude, football season for me, Sundays, that was yeah. football day for yeah. me. You know, I'd yeah. invest six, seven hours. I was playing fantasy at that point. Sunday was a day for football. And I said to myself, dude, if I want to 
if I want to see this thing through to the end, something's got to give. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that I, I cut away from. So not only was really, really early mornings, but Sunday became my day to really dial in four or five hours behind the computer, punching away in the keyboard and family and friends would be in the house watching the game. I'd have, you know, noise canceling oh, headphones man. on my head so I could try to dial in. And so my point is, is even though I was in love with the process, even though I, I was re I really wanted to see it through to the end that did not come without the need for struggle, sacrifice, sacrifice yep. discipline, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. hundred percent. Uh, before we go, I want to ask you one more question about it and then you can tell folks where they can get it. Cause I know they're going to be listening. It's like, man, I gotta get my hands on that. It's a little level level of vulnerability when you got to hand that docu those 70,000 words over for somebody else to now comb mm-hmm. through edit review. <laughs> right. Cause you don't, you can't, I'm sure you're not publishing it all on yourself and doing all right. So what's that experience like, man, handing that over to somebody else and then put eyeballs on. Yeah. So I think this is important because I, cause I've been asked now multiple times, which I think is really cool. Hey man, th- you know, thanks for the book. I'm interested in writing. Like, how did you do it? Like, what was your process? And, yeah. You know, I, I tell people what I just told you, maybe in a little bit more detail um, mechanically, but we ended up, we decided that, um, we did want to self-publish it, which, nice. you know, in today's world, yeah. traditional publishing versus self-publishing, it, it, I, would, I would stand by that the only real upside to going a traditional publishing route, like Simon Schuster type like situation, is one, if you really need an advance, because like, they will pay you mm, upfront gotcha. yep. so that you can have something to live off of while you commit your time to writing. Sure. I didn't need that. Like I have a full-time job. I'm good to go. Um, I didn't need that. So it, I wasn't willing to not only sacrifice like royalties as part of it. Right. But really for me, it was zero creative control. I'm not yeah. giving up any, yeah. no one is going to dictate what this thing looks like, feels like, sounds like I'm doing this myself. And in today's world, particularly with Amazon, you know, Dude, you anyone in, right? can they go do it up, that. Print it out, rock and roll, like gets it shipped out to people. It's incredibly user-friendly. Um, I did begin, to, as I was learning that process to bringing it to market to Amazon, my, my team and I decided to go through a self-publishing consultant, mm. which is who we went with. I like and, that. Yeah. you know, you pay up front. They don't own anything to the project. They, they, they work for you. So that's where you get your editing. That's where you get assistance with designing a cover if you yeah. need that. Which, by the, the way, bad, layout. badass cover, right? You guys will see. Just go on Amazon, put in Objective Secure. You'll see that awesome picture of Nick. He's got the one amputee leg, right? He's all kitted up. Uh, we've used it uh, on Show Graphics as well. So you see, it looks great, man. Packaging looks great. In there, right? What What's in there? Right? Somebody picks it up. They get it home. They start reading it. What are they going to pull out of that thing? Yeah, man. It's 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 broken down in, into, into two sections. Section one is mindset, and section two is strategy. And I leave. I, I enjoy a lot of personal development stuff. That's where I spend a lot of time in my reading and my research. My, my issue with many of those projects is it kind of ends at the conceptual level. Okay. It kind of ends at the at the at the up in the clouds, you know, feelings and emotions and focus. And those things are super super important. Don't get me wrong, but I find myself at times wanting a little bit more. Like bring me down into the tactical level from your perspective as the, as the, as the consumer of this type of content. So I wanted to mesh those two things together where we talk about mentality and mindset and focus and structure and discipline, 
But then we get into more of the X's and O's. And again, this is purely anecdotal. This is purely just what I went through and how I was able to leverage it. Um, and it's just, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four, an actual guide to a strategy that one can employ. And it's malleable enough and flexible enough that you're able to take literally any current operating environment that the reader may be in, as well as any desired end state or desired mission yeah. or goal. And you can apply this methodology and these tools within that. It's very user-friendly kind of plug and play, which we like. Um, that's what you get, you know, yep. and then sure, you're going to get some memoir type stuff. You're going to get just enough of a story to be able to correlate what I was experiencing to what I am recommending, Yep. but you're going to be left wanting more. I'm telling yep. you right now, you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, tell me what happened after you got shot. Like what, what's going on? I'm telling you right now, you're going to be, you're going to be somewhat disappointed in that, but it is written like that on purpose because this is not about me telling my story or, or trying to simply motivate somebody through my experiences. Yeah. This is a much more objective scientific breakdown of how do I move from point A to point B knowing there are going to be struggles along the way. And according to me and according to us, the way we do that is by securing one objective at a time, yep. one small obtainable goal at a time done in repetition, done at scale is ultimately what leads to oh, mission yeah. success. Uh, it's a highlighter book, right? I love a good highlighter book. Let me pull that back out. Right. You know, and that's where the tactics come in to be able to do that. Uh, tell folks where they can find it, tell folks where they can find you. And by the way, if you want the story of his life, you go back to episode 20, pick up the six podcast. You can hear about those oh. things. So when you're reading the book, you're like, I want more. Cool. We got you go back and listen to that old episode. You can make Absolutely. Where can everybody find all this stuff? The, the one, one stop shop, man, is, is our website, which is machinenick.com. It's got links to all my socials. It's got links to the book, which is currently available solely on Amazon. However, in the next, I'd say a couple of weeks, we're going to offer signed hardcover options Love it. Uh, directly through nice. the website. And then we're actually booked now for mid-November to begin recording the audio book. Be my I said, how many people have told you you got to do the audio book? And you're like, yeah, got it. Yeah, a, a lot of people. And, and a lot of people, when they hear me talk on, like, on this, they're like, oh, you, you have to narrate it, which you know, I'll let people know now. Here's a spoiler alert. I am going to narrate <laughs> um, a good portion of it. So good. if the Boston accent is driving you crazy, then maybe pick up the, the, the actual the oh, book man. itself. You want the real authentic experience. <laughs> yeah, man. So we're excited yeah. about, you know, kind of the next evolution and where it continues to go. And you know, the feedback has been tremendous, uh, which we, again, through the website, by all means, man, reach out. You can get a hold of me directly to either tell me how, how you felt about the book or ask any additional questions. And we take that inter interactive um, connectivity real seriously, man. Love it. Brother, we're so grateful for everything that you've done for our country and for what you continue to do. Wish you nothing but the best in this next phase of the job evolution. And then as this goes on as well, we know folks will go check out the website, pick up a copy of the book, get a signed copy, and then be waiting with bated breath to hear that audio book drop as well. Cause uh, folks are going to want to get a part of that. My brother, it's uh, good to see you, man. Good to catch up again. Best to your family and to the boys. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road soon. Likewise, man. We'll talk to you soon. He's Nick Lavery. I'm Brian Jodis. That's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast.